We've all heard classic Zen koans. If a tree burns in the forest and no one's around to hear it, you're probably somewhere in California. What is the sound of one hand slapping yourself silly because you decided to get a BFA in theater arts? We all know these things, but but the classic Zen koan today that's explored is the old one of cash or credit. It's all money, it's all dough, and spirituality is tied right into it. We explore all of those topics and more with guest Gary Cacciolillo on a very special Open Loops. I consider it an affront to my family that you haven't heard about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. Okay, let me let me just lay this out for you. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And and get this, okay? Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money, moolah, from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Ah, uh, yes, gotta love a cold open with vocal fry going into an ad for a podcast service. Oh, gosh, yes, yes, yes. We love pyramids, don't we, folks? Um, yeah, there's, it's just you're, you're not paying for anything. Um, okay, so here's what I want to talk about today. Gary Gajalillo. Uh This guy has a podcast called Everything Imaginable that when I saw it, freaked me out um actually you could go and check out his podcast and hear an interview he did with me on it uh and he looked at that interview as revenge for this interview that's coming up why because gary's doing kind of the same thing as me we're talking spirituality He's had psychics on, he's had conspiracy theorists, satanic worshippers, all the stuff that I love bringing people on about too. Uh, he has his own unique interviewing style, it's different than mine, but uh, we're both very interested in these topics and my interest with talking to Gary was finding out like, what is his persuasion? How much does he believe in? How much doesn't he believe in? And it ended up being me like kind of really grilling him. And of course I said, it's like, oh yeah, this is me asking you because it's like me asking myself. But in a way it was also kind of me just asking him, right? Like, you know what? I, I want to know, but like, does this guy kind of believe in this stuff? Like, I mean, you, you all know, I've been very honest with you. I have no idea what I believe in, but I'll entertain any idea. Um, he says he's looking for common ground, a common denominator in everything he does. Um, you know, <laughs> I didn't even do the intro today. Open Loops, an intellectually escapist podcast for the escapist intellectual. You guys know what this is. Gary, Gary speaks the same kind of language. Um, less of an escapist thought and more of a, you know, investigative journalism angle. Looking for answers, looking for uh, really digging into people. But, uh, you know, I thought it would be fun to turn the tables and, and dig into, you know, his belief system a little bit. Uh, and I also happen to read his book on Zen Buddhism and Enlightenment. And we get into uh, his relationship with that in here, too. So... It's a fun interview. I had a great time. Gary uh, didn't because his episode, well, I mean, he did, but his episode is called Revenge on Greg Bornstein. So check that out if you want everything imaginable. But for now, what led him to want revenge on me? It's all coming up on this interview. Check it out. Oh, here we go. 
yeah, I'll just uh, kind of go into it. So yeah, I mean, before you know, we we say let's go into this. Gary Cacciolillo, the man whose name <laughs> probably people get wrong a lot. I definitely listened to you pronounce it a bunch of times on your show. Uh, look, ladies and gentlemen, Gary, who I have on today, is. He basically has the same <laughs> exact interests that I do. I mean, he has a podcast called, and, and look, as I was trying to come up with names for my show, uh, believe me, everything came up uh, in my mind. What could it be? Could the bent be more hypnosis? Because that's one of my huge interests. Could it be more magical? Uh, but you pretty much nailed it with everything imaginable. A podcast for curious minds. We're talking creativity, spirituality, paranormal and more gary thanks for coming on to the open loose podcast thank you for having me awesome awesome well look you know it's very interesting i don't know what it is and i i guess i'm sort of curious today uh you know i mean as much as you can listen to uh george nori and all these all these guys richard serrett all these guys that do these conspiracy and kind of paranormal podcasts i've always wanted to have the opportunity to interview them like what is it about these people that makes them do what they do? How did they get into paranormal research? Uh, and, and this kind of, I, I don't know if you could call it broadcasting journalism. Uh, so I guess we'll start with you, Gary. Mm -hmm. let's, flip, let's flip it around. I mean, you bring on a lot of interesting people, and I'll go into the type of guests you have in a moment. But where did your interest with things sort of offbeat develop? Uh, definitely when I was a young kid, there was several, several things that really got me interested. Um, one was a, a TV show called In Search Of, and it was hosted by Leonard Nimoy. Mm, and he right. would talk about things like the Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot and ghosts and UFOs and, and stuff like that. And that definitely piqued my interest like, in, in that type of stuff. Um, as far as some of my, like the tarot and occult, that kind of stuff, um, I remember as a kid, um, my mom was from like this remote part of Pennsylvania. Mm. And we went to go visit some family up there and she had an aunt who read tarot cards. And I just thought it was the coolest thing. And, uh, you know, like that year for Christmas, that's what I asked for for Christmas and I got it. And, and that part has always been you know, interested in that, in that area of like tarot and the occult and, and you know, some of those, um, I think like now they're almost like taboo subjects because sometimes they're yeah. considered, um, you know, almost like satanic, especially <laughs> down here yes. where I live in the Bible belt, you know, like people are like, what? Right. And, um, yeah, and as uh, far as the paranormal, the ghosts and stuff, um, there's another thing when I was young, um, my grandmother had passed away, and I had a paper route, and I was delivering papers to, it was almost like a, an abandoned factory where some guy lived, and I'm riding through the parking lot, and I saw my grandmother just sort of drifting across the parking lot, and she looked over and waved at me. Wow. Really? So did you, you've yeah. actually had a direct confrontation with, uh, I mean, <laughs> I wish I knew, is that, is that an apparition? Yeah, it would be, would have been considered a full body apparition. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And you're absolutely now, have you, see a person like me, I mean, I definitely, and, and this comes from uh, my background as a magician too, sort of, uh, I guess I've kind of gone into this a little bit of, the reverse way like i always had the curiosity as a kid but then i really got into more of the kind of debunking mindsets especially in high school i was watching a lot of uh Penn and teller's show bs where they debunked a lot of paranormal stuff and was reading books by james randy so you know there's a part of me that yes i do have that uh you know the truth is out there Mulder and scully kind of hope like I have that, that's why I'm doing the show. I want to be convinced. Um, but I would look at something like that, I think even now, and probably search for every sort of explanation that seems scientific or rational. Did you try to do that at all? Like what happened at that moment? 
Uh, I mean, I was a kid. I was probably maybe 11 or 12 years old. So I really didn't have the capacity to really debunk it. I do mm-hmm. remember going home and telling my parents. My parents were like, just, just shut up about that. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you didn't see yeah. anything. You know, that, that's freaking us out. And, and so I didn't mention it, you know, anymore. And um, now it's really the only time. Like when I've gone out on paranormal investigations, the places that were supposed to be haunted, yeah. But those places I never had anything happen. Wow. So your grandmother is really uh, you know, the the proof of that kind of paranormal phenomenon to you. Do you would you say that uh have you ever I mean, let's go into this. Have you ever seen a UFO? Have you ever had an experience you'd consider psychic? Uh anything like that? No, I haven't. I wish I had. I would love to see a UFO. Interesting. Interesting. So what does, I mean, do you, does the grandmother thing really open the door to you believing that there is stuff that is available at this, at the supernatural level, or, or do you remain skeptical? Um, I would have to say the answer to that is actually both. I, I believe it's very, very important to be objective and not believe everything you see and hear. Mm. But at the same time, it's also important to be open to all possibilities because basically, I mean, chances are, if it's possible, it's happening somewhere. Right. Right, right. Well, look, I mean, you're doing an entire, like me, I mean, you're, you're doing a podcast, uh, the Everything Imaginable podcast, uh, and you are exploring these different fields. I wonder when you started going into doing the type of show that we're literally doing right now, um, what was your, was your intention to experience more of that? No, not really. Um, actually, what happened was I, I had lost my job because of this COVID nineteen thing, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and I, and I was starting to just feel kind of useless. You know, I, I'm a creator. I like to write books. I play music. You know, and if I'm not doing something creative, I just tend to, you know, not feel too well about myself. Right. And, and I haven't been in the mood to write another book because it's such a tedious process. So, you know, one day I was taking a shower and I said, you know what, maybe I'll just try starting a podcast and see what happens. Wow. And And did you know it was going to be about this? Was it going to be about, did you know it was going to definitely go into these sort of more abstract, uh, you know, esoteric topics? Yeah, I kind of wanted to go in that direction, definitely, because I'm pretty well read in those areas and have some experience in those areas. And, um, And by talking with other people, I think like if I had a goal for my podcast, it would be to find that common denominator. Mm, Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, let me just go through right now a little bit of some of the (laughs) some of the people you've had so far. I mean, you've had an enormous paranormal investigators. Um, You've had a Zen master, which is relevant to the the book you wrote that I read. Uh, Marion Coleman, spirit medium. You've had a uh, oh, someone that I I actually have booked on going to do a show with her soon. Uh, Angie. Angie Breyers, uh, mm-hmm. animal communicator, biofield therapist. I mean, you have people talking about aliens of, oh my gosh, a dream experts. I mean, these are all sort of, they're, they're definitely taboo fields um, in the sense that, yeah, you're not going to go into like executive coaching and start talking about dream interpretation in modern capitalist America. Um, but I suppose... Tell me, I mean, you've had such a variety of different fields on your show already. What sort of common denominators have you uh, abstract taken out for yourself so far? Um, Definitely one of the things that I've always been primarily interested, that's why, is consciousness and imagination. That's why I named the podcast Everything Imaginable. because so much of our lives take place in our imagination and it's not necessarily real. And a lot of our perception of reality or actually all of our perception of reality is 
matrix together by our brains. Mm. And so I think for human beings, you know, I mean, we like to believe that we know what reality is, but the truth is we have no freaking idea. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely don't. And, um, and one of the common, I'll say right now, like, I'll say one of the most common denominators is like with like spirit community, make communicators and mediums and, and, and even the cultists, they all believe that, that when they're communicating with spirits, that they're believe that they're communicating with something external from them. That is not a part of their psyche that they're talking to. Mm. I find that kind of interesting. Have you ever, I mean, you know, I know the grandma, your grandmother was the most tangible thing, but have you ever tapped into that? I have not, you know, I read tarot cards, but you know, I mean, for me, you know, that's just doing the spread and and reading the meaning of the cards. And, and even with that, I kind of look at it as um, nothing is random in our universe. So if there's a message that you're supposed to know, it's going to show up there. If there's something you're not supposed to know, it's not going to show up. Yeah. Have you ever, uh, I mean, have you ever had a reading that convinced you that there was actually power in the cards? Not in the cards themselves. The cards have no power whatsoever. Mm. Um, I, I, the, the, the power is in this reality that we're living in. Because like sometimes I'll do a reading and the first thing, uh, you know what, let's just do it again and I'll do it again. And mostly the same cars will just keep showing up over and over again. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, I'm also kind of curious about the line between, cause I know a lot of people uh, in New York city where I normally live in non quarantine times uh, that read tarot, but don't say they're mediums. I know a lot of people that just read tarot and they subscribe to some sort of form of Wicca. Uh, That doesn't mean you have to read tarot cards to be like a Wicca practitioner, but there's is a, how do I put this? There is sort of like a popular, a new age pop sort of thing. People have written about this in the last like five, 10 years about the way like it's sort of manifested um, people's religion. Now I, I, I read this great article at one point about how, astrology has kind of taken the substitute for religion, especially among the millennial generation. I mean, I don't know if you're, you're uh, on any of these apps, Gary, but I've definitely downloaded the, the CoStar app on the iPhone, which you put in your birth time, you put in all the details, uh, the date, and you can compare your friends exactly, your astrological signs and compatibility and stuff like that. And it makes me, I mean, look, in a way, it disappoints me when someone tells me that they don't think they're a psychic and they do tarot readings. Um, Just because I'm like, oh, I wish you were more even more interesting than I, <laughs> just a person that reads these cards. Um, do you, I mean, do you consider, do you think you, well, two things. One is that, you know, you, you've delved into Zen. Um, so you have a whole book on it uh, where on the cover, actually, Enlightenment Guaranteed is the name of the book, the only book on Zen you'll ever read uh, by Reverend Gary P. Cochilillo. Um, and, I'm wondering, do you look at yourself at all as having any sort of special intuitive abilities beyond what everybody would consider waking reality, like mainstream would consider? No. I definitely do not have any type of um, extrasensory perception or any type of, of spiritual authority. Definitely none of that. Um, you know, in my kind of my opinion, almost in general, is I'm not sure if anybody does. Mm. Yeah, expand um, on that. I'm very curious. Well, it all sort of goes back to this idea of what part people tap into different parts of their imagination. Hmm. And by doing that, they're tapping into a part of reality that not being physically perceived. Um, 
And I don't know if that's actually a something that's limited to a certain group of people. I think is probably an ability that that everybody has access to, and you know probably through certain methods of training can learn different type of skills like that. Like I've never gone out of my way to learn how to be a psychic or anything because, you know, I, I personally don't want to be a psychic. You know, I don't want <laughs> yeah. to. I don't know necessarily think, I don't know if I want to know all that's going on in other people. You know, I mean, granted, I would like to understand what is happening, like why we are in this reality. And it kind of baffles me in a lot of ways because, you know, one of the topics I'm really interested in too is is quantum physics. Mm. I, I mean, finding a quantum physicist to be in a podcast is like the holy grail of guests. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Have you come close? And, no, not even. <laughs> Nowhere <laughs> near it. But, um, but you know, in, in quantum physics, it shows that um, matter is affected by consciousness, you know? Like if they shoot particles and it's being observed, the particles will land one way, and when it's not being observed, they react differently. Yeah. So, you know, quantum physics sort of shows that we're living in some type of conscious bubble um and, and because of that you know that that's kind of just makes me sort of dismiss anybody that says they have any type of power because it's just all consciousness do you think that that and, and this is you know just me also trying to figure out for myself uh and you don't have to name names but is there anybody that you've interviewed either on your show or just in across your studies that you believe um, secretly deep down is getting it wrong then? You know what I mean? Like some of these people come on and they're like, I'm a medium. I'm a, I have this divine gift. And I, I you know, I, I think one of the interviews I just heard was with someone that uh, the last one about the, I think, yeah, what, what was her name? The reluctant. Did she say she was a reluctant? Oh, you called Can her Candace. Candace, yes, the reluctant messenger. And she even seemed surprised. But hearing that interview, uh, yeah, she started hearing she started hearing voices and and even different uh <laughs> I think she even says like a different planetary consciousness at one point came through to her. And to me, with your idea of what quantum physics is and the idea of tapping into a reality that we don't understand i don't necessarily think candace is saying that she thinks of herself as something special but i do think there are a lot of people out there that come on these shows that are do you secretly think they're wrong Wow, that's a deep question. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't want to blow your cover right now. I could ruin my show, too, in three seconds with a question but, like but, that. But, but. You, you know what? They're scammers. There's definitely scammers out there just seeking attention or trying to sell books. Mm. You know, yeah. so, or, and this is actually, it's not a person that was on my show, but it was a person um, that I, I, I knew and went to some uh, psychic um, uh, expos with, and um, she she would claim to be a spiritual medium, and she wrote like four or five books, and all of them had this extreme right wing homophobic view, <laughs> and I'm like, there is just no way this is valid because if this was real spirituality, there would be no judgment involved. Yes, yes, yes. What is that? That is so crazy that there is, I talked about this with another guest, there is like a right wing bent to some of these spiritual practitioners as well as conspiracy theorists um, in general. You know, I feel like there's a lot more in the right than the left. Of course, you could argue that maybe the left is just more mainstream if you're counting, you know, Trump and Russia as a conspiracy. Um, certainly Trump would want you to think so. But, you know, I mean, where does, <laughs> how, I, I guess I wonder, like, how do Christians, wh what is a psychic Christian? 
have you met have you met others are they out there no i i, I, well, I just just the one that i've met so far and i think she was totally bogus you know she was just trying to push an agenda you know i, right. I think a lot of this stuff comes from david ike <laughs> Really? <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. He, uh, yeah, he, he's got some choice views about the world for sure. Um, do you, no, wait, tell me about the Psychic Expo. What was going on there? Um, well, was, I think it was actually a paranormal expo. We had, we had a lot of psychics and, and paranormal groups all kind of meet up and it was open to the public so the public could come in and, and, and talk to different psychics and stuff like that. And it was, it was a, for charity. How many of those people would you say were scamming? That's, um, well, I know the one for sure. <laughs> okay. Um, Your and, friend in quotes. Yes. Yeah. But, but I would say a lot of them were legit too. So I, I would say about 75% legit. 25 bogus right 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 and then okay so how about this and this is you know i'm just kind of uh i'm asking you hard questions because they're just stuff i'm wrestling with all the time so um you know i i just kind of want your view on it i mean what would you say to the skeptical person that goes there and get pays for a reading from every single one of those 75 percent that you say are legitimate and they give them, I mean, do you think they're going to give that person similar things if they don't give them a similar kind of reading and they completely are off base? One person says you're still obsessed over your mother's death. The other says you're having love life issues. Um, I mean, what is what exactly is going on there? I, I think if you find uh, I would go with the common denominator, you know, and that's exactly what I'm looking for. In my guess is that common denominator. The things that all the psychics that say are the same are more likely to be legit. And the ones that are saying some stuff that has nothing to do with anything are probably not. So you leave room and, and I, I mean, you know, if you were, uh, I think the, my problem with the entire spiritual uh, thing, or at least, you know, philosophically taking a step back is that uh, I really want people, I want things to be right or wrong, um, which quantum physics and a lot of other overriding philosophies will be like, whoa, man, you can't have that. The universe is all shades of the rainbow. Um, you know, it, it could be, it could be anything. So my question then is this, uh, or related to psychics, Sorry, let me let me circle back to what I was trying to point out. Ah, I think the fact that it's so easy to fake being a psychic well, and I really do believe this, to me still philosophically poses a problem. I mean, that said, can you fake every job really well? And does that diminish the person that actually is good at it? I don't know. But I suppose as a magician that has studied cold reading and really kind of applied psychology as a way of making people think you know more about them than you might actually know. I question psychics in the sense that they're, they're do you ever think there's like kind of like a, oh, this, like what Yuri Geller used to do when he'd come on, you know, he came on Johnny Carson, Johnny Carson switched yes. the spoons, right? And he couldn't bend them. And he said, oh, the spirits aren't with me today. They, they're, they're, the voices aren't working. Do you think psychics ever give themselves too much of an out? Yes, absolutely. You know, um, because... I, I mean, especially like in um, in the media, like ones that are on TV and looking for attention. Yeah. And especially ones that ask for a lot of money. Kind of like, um, like for example, like the Long Island medium, medium? lady. Yes. You know, like, like she charges like this ridiculous amount of money just to be in the same room with her. You know, mm. I, I would think if somebody is that spiritually connected, that money would be the last thing on our minds, not the first. That's what I wonder about all. Yes, yes. That's what I'm wondering about the expo. How many of these people at the expo were charging 
tons of money for to get well, the really the, good the stuff. The nice thing about the expo was it was a charity charitable event and everybody was charged the same amount of money and that money just got donated. So nobody really made any money off of it. That's good. Hey, that seems rare because I think there's definitely a lot of psychics and commerce go together. Uh, I mean, certainly in this culture, I, I'd be curious to see a land where, you know, someone with this higher spirituality that could tell you things about yourself wasn't charging you an exorbitant amount to do it. Uh, is that Does that community exist anywhere, Gary? Where people are not being charged for <laughs> for a psychic reading, like why well, are there any psychics I, I mean, that'll just just? I mean, I do. I mean, for generally, if somebody asked me for a tarot reading, I'd never charge, only except for like when I was going to charity or something. So but of course, I, I you say you're just a regular guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, <laughs> I'm know, looking for I, these people claiming that they have something special to offer, but they really just want to give it away for free. Yeah, I don't know. Because, you know, I think if somebody's claiming that they have something special, right there is a sign of ego. Mm. And, and I think if there's anything that blocks us from the spiritual world is ego. That's yeah, you know, with that, I, I think that's a really natural transition to uh, your book, which is available on Kindle and in paperback. Amazon, that's where uh, I read it on my Kindle. Enlightenment Guarantee, the only book on Zen you'll ever need. Uh, Gary, this is it, it's a really quick read and, you know, it's less than 100 pages and it really uh, it, it really broke down pretty much the the essential zen ideas um when you say enlightenment guaranteed i mean how sincere are you by the time you you told me you were pretty sincere when yeah. when i got when i got to the end of the book yeah, it, it, because the 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 premise is simple i'll just simply give it away is that everybody is already enlightened mm. you know and 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 that enlightenment is just clouded by thoughts and ego and desire and ignorance do you see but the, that but the but the enlightenment is there that you know it, it's a part of is who we are now that's interesting that's a very interesting view uh because you know obviously yeah you you do kind of fight that in the book the idea that people think they have to um, all of a sudden, like like they're in synchronicity with the universe. Everything is manifesting the way they want it. Sitting under the Bodhi tree, the sun is shining. You're directly affected by its rays. Um, holding hands, all that stuff. What are what kind of enlightenment are those people practicing? First of all, are those people actually real? Like these, like Dalai Lama type uh guru types that exist on this plane like what is exactly going on with those people well i think the dalai lama is definitely a valid spiritual teacher um cool i, ha I have gone to see him in new york at the uh i think it was at the beacon theater we saw him and um yeah and there's definitely something there and i've been around certain monks too like they they have something and I'll say, like the people that 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 I I believe are 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 the most spiritual are typically the most humble. Mm. Yeah, you know, there, 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 there's a connection between uh, humility and spirituality. Like if somebody's pushing an ego, there's there's just not they're not they're not there, you know, um, because because you know one of the main premises of, of Buddhism and, 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 that and Zen is that there is no self. Hmm. And uh, if, if, if there's no self, then there's no ego. And if you're out there pushing some kind of ego thing, that right away delegitimizes what you're teaching. Are you enlightened, Gary? Absolutely not. <laughs> Am I? Or well, you said we all are in a way. Well, we, we are in a way, yes. You know, like we all have access to it. But I mean, enlightenment, I think it's fleeting. You know, it's like this idea. Um, I'll give you the best example. And I, and, I, and I do use this in my book too. I learned it from um, a monk named Treme. And she would talk about um, um, the gap. And what that gap is, is the space between thoughts. 
And, and between those thoughts, there's an empty space where there's absolutely nothing. It's a blank canvas. It's completely pure and devoid of, of, of ego. And, and, and that's the enlightenment. And when you know, that's part of meditation is sitting down, focusing on the breath, and becoming, you know, first become aware of your thoughts. You can't fight them. The more you fight them, the more you're going to think because telling your thoughts to leave is thinking. So it doesn't actually work. You just kind of have to relax and, and breathe and kind of try to be aware enough to experience some of those gaps. Hmm. Wow. But, but far, far as a, a permanent state of bliss, I think that's crap. Right, right, right. Uh, well, tell me, I, I'm kind of curious then, did you actually have, uh, I mean, what was, what is the, I think you go into it a little bit in the book, but um, you're an ordained Zen priest. Formally, not anymore. Oh, how do they, they take that away? Yeah, I was defrocked. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, this is this is where things are getting really juicy. How did that happen? Walk me through this story. Oh, uh, it was just a money thing, you know. They were they were trying to put some squeeze on me for money, and I just said, you know what? You know, I th I think some of these guys are just being led by ego. And um, so, wait a minute. And, and the organization that the, taught you to be egoless, yeah, had too much ego. So then you got defrocked. Yeah. So now is that the ultimate Zen cone? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> you know, I, I think probably to me the most Zen thing you can do is, is not be Zen. <laughs> <laughs> this is so interesting. You got defrocked. First of all, <laughs> who gets defrocked these days? That's fascinating. Oh, wait a minute. Was this now were you what is the process beyond paying? To become a reverend, did you have to spend hours meditating? Like, how does one become a reverend? We, we had to, we, we meditated. We had to do um, koan work with a teacher. Um, and then there was like a bunch of online classes I had to take. And then at the end of the online classes, when you're finished with them, you're supposed to write a thesis. And that's how the book came about. The book was my thesis. Oh. And, and I submitted it. And and he shot it down. He, he's like, yeah, I don't like this book. <laughs> Why didn't he like and, it? And, and, and now you, he didn't say. <laughs> and he's like, he, he's like, you got to start over. I'm like, yeah, screw this. <laughs> you know? Wait a minute, wait a minute. So did you, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where the reverend part fits in the timeline. So after you wrote, was the book to become the reverend? I, I was already ordained. But okay. I was trying to. Um, become like a, a Zen teacher, I guess it would be. And then you wrote this book, and they took it away. And also, you didn't pay. No, well, they, they didn't take it away. I, 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 I'm joking when I say I was defrocked, but, <laughs> but, but I, 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 you know, at that point, it was just like you know, there's something wrong here. Yeah. Right, right. I guess defrocked meaning you're disillusioned. You're you you in a way you woke up. Um, but that's so okay. So you read this. Was there anything like what if he let's play out a couple scenarios. Let's say you didn't have to keep paying, but mm -hmm. he didn't like the book still. Would you have still self defrocked? Yeah. Interesting. So what if he did like the book and you had to keep paying? Would you I have would have still defrocked? Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Defrocking folks. <laughs> because, because I think now looking back at defrocking is only the true way to be Zen. Yeah, that is interesting. That, that, that's the only way to be egoless is to let go of absolutely everything. Mm. all ideas of self-identity so if i'm identifying as a zen teacher or a zen monk i'm contradicting everything i say yeah yeah you know that's so I'm totally selling bullshit right 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 no i mean i definitely i i think about that with regards to uh, what you read in traditional Zen literature about, I, I think it would be so hard for me to do it because if I were to go in there, I already know that me going to this, I mean, I feel like this is the trope. This is the cliche trope. 
you go to a Zen master, that you start asking about Zen, they reject everything you're talking about, and they tell you to go lift an extremely heavy rock and move it across the way. And then you come back and you're like, okay, now are we going to talk about Zen? And the guy goes, no, go move the rock. And then you never talk about Zen with this master for months. And then like you just move rocks every day for 60, 90 days. And then maybe the Zen master will drop some koan and, and make you think about it something more. And then you have to go do more medial tasks. And I'm sitting there going like, okay, I've read this. So mm-hmm. now I know if I'm going to go to one of these places and have this master start deflecting and hitting me with a stick and all this stuff that has nothing to do with it, I'm already like, oh, I get it. We don't talk about this thing to get me to this thing. But now that I already know that, like, what are you going to do, buddy? I already know your secrets. I already know we're not talking about Zen to be Zen. Like, how do I, how do you break me out of it? Like, is there, it is almost like a cliche in pop culture, at least in these books to, you know, Zen isn't Zen, right? I mean, I I wonder how you overcome that in 2020. I don't know. You know, I think too, we, we mentioned like why he didn't like the book. I think one of the reasons he may not like the book is there's a part of the book where I talk about, um, you know, having a teacher and I say that life is the teacher, mm. but that you don't really need a teacher because life is always teaching us what we need. And, and he wanted to be the teacher. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, Gary. So, so, so that may have been one of the things that, uh, will you write a sequel about defrocking? No. <laughs> I think you should. And I think you should name names, do a tell-all zen. You know, there's not enough. I, I have to say, I don't feel like there is enough stripping away the, uh, the ego kind of reads in uh, spirituality. Like there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of atheist books for sure, bringing down God, but uh, it's, it very few take on probably because there's not a lot of money in it um debunking these kind of structures of ego that people have imposed as a way of sharing the message of spirituality uh i mean is everybody just looking for hope is everybody just trying to buy into the ideals um you know like why why can't we have more people willing to tell the truth about what's actually going on with some of these ego-filled spiritual teachers? Maybe because, um, you know, I think people like to have the answer handed to them. And a true spiritual person is going to be no better that no teacher can give a person the answer. You know, we all have to find our own answers ourselves. We all have to do our own work. And everybody, I think, also is on a different path. You know, there's no one solution that's, that fits all. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I, don't th- I think that's the message that people don't want to buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, uh, I don't even know. I mean, you know, if I were to, I'm looking at your list. Imagine I'm looking at your podcast list, which I am right now, and looking at which of these practitioners of uh, healing and which modality I would want to go to help me. I don't even know. I would want one to be the right answer. And I have no idea. I mean, if you want to know what's the right answer, ladies and gentlemen, you should listen to the Everything (laughs) Imaginable (laughs) podcast. Maybe you'll find something there. But, uh, you know, I mean, what would you tell someone that is like seeking? Okay, I guess, how do I ask this? Pardon me, the question I want to ask you is, (laughs) if someone came to you and said, Gary, I want to see one of the people that you've talked to. I don't know who it's going to be but I feel like someone there could help me. Would you pitch any of those people to that friend seeking? No, no, I wouldn't. Really? So yeah, you're re- I, I, I would ask them to, to go through and, and listen to the content that I have out there. 
and pick what resonates with them. Mm, mm. Interesting. Interesting. Do you, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I, at this point, don't necessarily, uh, for a variety of reasons, financial being the main one, actually, I guess that may be the only one. Um, but I, I don't really foresee myself necessarily like going to every single life coach I have on or every single tarot card reader and getting a reading. Like I, I don't see myself necessarily doing that. Right. Um, but I will, entertain and learn from them whatever I can uh do you uh, I, I mean has there been anybody so far in the time you've interviewed that you're like that's a service I actually would like mm. I mean nobody has offered me a service I mean I did have um one of my friend a friend of mine's wife on as an, she's an astrologer and she did do a chart for me for free as part of the podcast which That's I awesome. thought was pretty cool. Um, but most of the people that I talk to are just selling books. And, um, you know, and I mean, I don't mind buying somebody's book because I know how much work goes into writing a book. I, yeah. I mean, even if it's a bad book, it still takes work to write it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. So I, so I don't mind doing that. Um, I yeah, think a dream coach would be cool. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I, I, I kind of have an issue maybe a little bit with life coaches though. You know, I, I'm, kinda, I'm just so skeptical. I mean, to me, it's almost like the government, you know, like why am I going to give somebody my money so they can tell me what to do? Mm. You know, and I feel the same way about the government. It's like, like I don't really understand why people pay so much attention to government. Cause like, why are you going to, you're just going to take your money and tell you what to do no matter who you vote for you know so. right are you <laughs> that's interesting are you living off the grid gary no yeah <laughs> you just <laughs> um yeah. well I, here's what i wonder that you know you, you so far aliens are the closest that you've gone to conspiracy that i can tell um on your show do you do you play around intellectually with conspiracy theories at all do you entertain that you know i i used to i would say you know 15 years ago before the conspiracies all became political propaganda mm. I, I did um but now not so much because you know i would say at least 90% of it now is just political propaganda, you know? Yeah. But, but I mean, I, I used to like the old school um, conspiracies, you know, like the Area 51 stuff. One of the things that got me interested in that was that I used to work at um, Bell Labs. Oh. And, and when I was there, there was a guy who's, you know, an old scientist who was working on um, developing the fiber optic technology and stuff like that. And back then I used to smoke and I was outside smoking a cigarette. And he told me that, that he, you know, that the technology for fiber optics and um, silicone chips came from a recovered UFO and that he used to work for NASA. And Wait a minute. Was, did, was he, does he know that firsthand? Like, was he working? He, said, he says he did. Yeah. He said he was working on it, you know, and, and I brushed it off as BS, you know? <laughs> right. He said, right. all right, this dude's just telling me a story. And I would say maybe a year or so later, I came across, you know, the Bob Lazar story. Yeah. I, I said, damn, I <laughs> got maybe actually telling me the truth. Oh my gosh. Now, so yeah, I've seen the Bob Lazar. I mean, the documentary was great. I uh, listened to the Joe Rogan podcast. I haven't read the book that came out in the last year about him. Uh, but does he, so he it corroborates a lot of what your friend was saying about the technology? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I and mean, it was just a conversation, you know, casual. He was very open, you know, like he, yeah. you know, no secrecy at all. But I mean, he was old too. So maybe he, you didn't give a shit. <laughs> have you, in, the, in your conversations with people that have said that they've uh, either seen UFOs or been involved in any way, uh, have you met other, have you ever been convinced by anybody else's testimony? Um, I mean, one, yeah, I mean, anybody, anybody tells me they see a UFO, I, I, I have to kind of believe it 
because UFOs are a real phenomenon and it's unexplained. Yes, and, yes. And, I mean, I mean, there's just even the government, much, which we don't trust, says they are. <laughs> yeah, so there's just too much of it now to to just say no, it's not real. You know, now what are the UFOs is a whole nother story. You know, is oh, it aliens? Yeah, good question. Is it is it you know government made aircrafts? Um, is it um, something from another dimension? Um, you know, is it some type of concentrated thought? I mean, there's so many possibilities of what these things could be. Yeah, I've never, uh, I don't know if you've seen that Steve Greer documentary. Uh, it just came out, oh my gosh, at the beginning of this whole thing. Like, a, I think it came out in April, maybe? Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. It kind of speaks directly to what you're, you've talked about with regards to quantum physics. Um, Dr. Stephen Greer talks a lot about how you can meditate on seeing UFOs and wanting to make contact yourself. And then he leads retreats with people that are similar to what I imagine happens on a Zen retreat. They go out into the, into nature and with a group setting, everybody concentrates. And then they, they, and that's, what's great about close encounters of the fifth kind uh, on Amazon. You, you can see that, uh, it's a documentary you can get on Amazon, like Gary's book. Um, <laughs> you can see that there's something going on every single time these people get together. Like, unless you really think this guy, Dr. Stephen Greer, doctored the footage, which I personally don't think he did, um, you see something. Something arrives in the sky every single time. Um, and who knows? Is it an alien? Not sure. But they're bringing something forward with their mind. Uh, I, I mean, do you think uh, that sort of fits into your belief system? If I, if right, I'm right. It could you. be just, it could be the same with paranormal too, like ghosts and stuff like that. It's, you know, it just could be, could exist because people you have a bunch of people in the same room thinking about the same thing. Mm, right, right, right. Do you think energy, what about like a situation where you go into a place that just feels like there's dark energy around it not even necessarily from the people that have that are there in the present do you think people leave that kind of energy when even when they've gone away um and i guess i don't mean ghosts i mean like like if everybody assumes this place is paranormal and there are spirits there even if there aren't say then you know then they clear out this airbnb that's haunted then the next mm -hmm. weekend a new group of people come in they're bright and sunny but they feel there's a dark energy there I mean, i've never experienced it so you know i really don't know i've I walked into places and been like something's going on here something feels but i don't necessarily see a ghost or have anything that leads me to believe it's supernatural it's just the energy feels yeah. off i mean i would say probably the darkest most place i've ever been um uh, there used to be an abandoned um insane insane asylum mm. um, where i lived in new jersey and it had a morgue and, oh. we, and, 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 and you know it was, it was in the basement and, and I mean, it felt pretty dark. <laughs> but, you know, how much is that of that is, is just my psyche because I'm programmed to, you know. Right, right. No, that's very true, too. Um, if there's anything on your show that you've, you've explored so far and that you're hoping to explore, that if you were to have a guest come on and thoroughly explain, hey, that's why this supernatural thing works, and then they're like, actually, Gary, let me show you. And you were to experience this thing and it felt real. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, now I believe blank exists. Now I can 100% say this is a real thing. This is as real as all the psychics and new age people have said it is. What would that thing be? I don't know. I mean, just, just, just to have some type of official proof would be like a dream come true honestly really you know? your dream yeah, so yeah, I mean, manifesting your dreams mind. yeah yeah I, I mean to me like that would just be like amazing you know and it's like, like you know like you know wanting to see bigfoot you know 
it's kind of like it would be the coolest thing ever. So that would be no. Wait a minute, is that your dream? Like, if someone could right now be like, "I have Bigfoot," let me show you. Would that would that be your dream come true, or would have would having your podcast be like a multi million dollar enterprise so that you never had to work a another <laughs> typical job again? Uh, would that be the dream? Like, what is sort of what would you like to have come true? Hmm. Uh, both. <laughs> <laughs> what's more important bigfoot or the podcast big that's what we got to figure out right now um, bigfoot the big go, one for you is bigfoot like go, the most I'd interesting go, i'd probably go bigfoot yeah oh my gosh wow I've yeah because really... the money and all that stuff it's all gonna go away when i die anyway so uh, yeah no, that's a very enlightened position to come for it bigfoot i've never been to i mean i'm curious by these things um maybe it's just because animals in general uh i sort of have like yeah but look at the human experience it's so much it's so interesting i i, I guess maybe that's my narcissism or just wanting to know more about uh the power of humanity animals and cryptozoology have never been as compelling for me necessarily with regards to this uh esoteric alternative realm what is it about bigfoot that really stays with you well there's been so many um sightings and tracks and pictures and we still don't know i i think it's the not knowing the mystery you know i think there's something really and I think that's just in general with humans is, is that idea of, of looking for things that we don't know. Hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, it's, and there's so many theories out there of like what Bigfoot is, is he an alien, is he a multidimensional being? Um, I recently had a guy on, um, he was native American. His name was Tom Seawood. Hmm. And his theory was that um, Bigfoot, is, is a they're, they're human beings that you know just gave up they didn't want to be a part of society and went and lived out in the wild and, and evolved into what they are now that's so interesting i was about to ask you what your favorite you know uh, as we're wrapping what your favorite uh bigfoot fact is and all the things you've read about bigfoot like what is the most if if someone was like okay tell me something interesting about bigfoot that really like keeps you hooked on it uh do you do you it, would that be it would you learn from tom or would it be something else that's really interesting um i mean i'm open to all possibilities i mean, i think like the thing that originally got me interested in it was that tom patterson video of him you know, and I was like back when I was a kid, like watching In Search of it was the first time I saw it. And um, is any of the video legit? What is that? Is that the most legit footage of it? Like is or... I think so. Yeah, because we didn't have CGI. It's pretty clear. Um, it's definitely not a gorilla suit. Mm. Tom Patterson. OK, I'm going to have to look that up later. Uh, wow. Very interesting, Gary. Well, look. Everybody, you should definitely listen to the Everything Imaginable podcast available on Apple. That's where I, uh, iTunes podcasts, uh, Buzzsprout. I believe it's it's on all the platforms. We'll link to it for sure. Yeah. And get the former Reverend Gary. <laughs> uh, get his book, former book before he got defrocked officially. Enlightenment guaranteed. The only book on Zen you'll never need. Or, well, the only book on Zen you'll ever need available on Amazon. Gary, thank you so much for being on the show. Open loose. Thank you Definitely. for having me. You've stimulated my mind, so that's all that matters uh, to me, ultimately. I'm very selfishly doing this show. But hey, uh, I know I love talking to interesting people, and I definitely, uh, yeah, you've definitely kept my mind open to what else could be out there. Awesome. Great. All right. Thank you. Take care, and hope to chat with you soon. You too. Thanks. Have a good one. Well, there you go. 
that was former Buddhist Zen Reverend Gary, uh, defrocked, stripped out, uh, you know, they, they, they took away his beads, uh, I just assume Zen masters have beads. I also learned in this episode that it's pronounced Koan or Koan, and I pronounced it like, you know, the, uh, your Jewish next door neighbors, uh, of course, but... Who cares? You know what? We're keeping it in because even as I re-listened to the episode, like recorded the beginning, re-listened and got to the end, um, it was a learning curve for me. So thank you, Gary, for coming on. Thank you for opening my mind to the possibility that Bigfoot is still out there. A lot of stuff covered in that episode, right? That was that was kind of kooky all over the place. Um, that, that's why I do this show. That's why Gary does his. And let's hope we can keep making uh, this kind of content for you all out there. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Open Loops, an intellectually escapist podcast. Please go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, leave a review. Uh, very grateful for all of you to listen. I hope all of your wildest dreams come true. And look outside. Grandma might be there still. Talk soon. <laughs>